Dave Fanning on 2FM. Ruth, how are you doing? Are you all right? I'm good. How are you? <laughs> I'm great. Now, Ruth is here, right? So who is Ruth? Well, I'll tell you. Because this is somebody who lost her job in Dublin when lockdown kicked off back in 2020. So she moved back to her family home in Wexford. She started posting videos on TikTok to pass the time. Then in an extraordinary twist of fate, she was discovered, I wonder if that's the right word, we'll get to that in a second, by a Netflix casting agent. And despite having no acting experience at all, she was offered a part in the Midnight Club. First of all, Ruth, is that true? All of that true, yeah? All all that is shockingly true, yeah. It's <laughs> just astonishing. Okay, first of all, The Midnight Club. What is it? What's the premise? Um, it's a show by Mike Flanagan. It's um, kind of a horror mystery type of show. It's um, about uh, kids in a, they're all in a hospice and they pa- they tell ghost stories to pass the time. And that's it? Well, there's actually a lot. It's kind of hard to... But hold on a second. So they're looking at you on TikTok and say, hey, she'd be perfect for this. Yeah, I, d- I don't know how that conversation in the room went when they showed my TikTok and were like, we want her. <laughs> and is it the kind of trying to get the spirit of another world to come back to you and all this kind of stuff? Is it, or is it um, Ouija boards and stuff, no? No, they make like a pact that whoever dies first has to come back and say, if there is an afterlife, they have to come back and st- send a sign. I see. Yeah. And is there? Well, I can't tell you that. <laughs> I, knew, I knew you'd say that. <laughs> That'll be, that's a spoiler. <laughs> okay, so Anya is your character, and yep. you're and, and now is, is the word amputee? Is that that that's the word? Okay, so yep. uh, it, so Anya is actually an amputee in the series, and instead of casting an able-bodied actor in the role as some do, this guy Mike Flanagan, who is the director, put it all together. The casting director also Annie McCarthy. They searched high and low for an actor who was also an amputee. TikTok, you, yeah. Yeah, they found me. Yeah. So do you think Hollywood often gets it wrong in that kind of, you know, the whole idea of putting the wrong person in there? I, I Yeah, I would say up up to this point, they've gotten it wrong probably 100% of the, of the time. You're only saying that because you got the gig. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, t- t- tell us about where you are now because you had a long journey from this accident you had to losing your leg at the age of 23. Uh, the accident was about, like, was good five or six years before that. Um, yeah, it w- it was, I had the accident when I was 50, well it wasn't, I just fell over playing soccer um, and it was a break that didn't heal properly but that happened when I was 15 and I'm 26 now. But, but like you broke a bone in your foot. Yeah. Lots of people break a bone in their foot and, yeah. and then within a few weeks it's fine. Yeah, and and it, it was, um, I thought it was going to be fine, you know, I was let off crutches and went back doing daily life and it just the the bone wasn't healed properly so I started getting loads of little fractures in the foot and I'd never broken a bone before in my foot before so I thought oh it's meant to be sore so I was just kind of doing yeah everything so and, like uh, in the few days after like just messing around in PE class or whatever a few days later uh, yeah, this is a pain in the leg but who cares yeah yeah really? um, and it was just obviously like you kind of know the health system in Ireland. It's a little bit overrun. So a lot of the stuff was overlooked at the beginning. Uh, you did go to the doctor, did you? Yeah, I did. I went to A&E. And, right. Um, basically, when I was get, uh, getting back on my feet, they didn't take an x-ray to check that the bone was healed. And it wasn't. So then I did loads of damage to the bone once I got out of the cast. And, okay, once you got out of the cast. And were crutches involved? And how soon afterwards? Crutches, I was on crutches, I would say, from the age of 15. I was on them for every day of my of my existence until for a good three years. 
solidly. And then I kind of, I was getting an operation every year. Um, so I was kind of on and off crutches then until I was 23. And what about the other leg then? Was that doing all the work? Yeah, that's actually, at the moment, that's the one giving me hassle now. At yeah, the moment, right, of course, yeah. It's, yeah, a bit damaged. Basically the... overworked. Was a wheelchair involved? Yeah, it, it got to a point where I was just so run down from all the infections and the antibiotics and the all the medication stuff I was on that I, I just didn't have the energy to drag myself around anymore. Didn't have the energy to drag yourself around. You had the energy to drag yourself to the UK at the age of 19 to pursue a <laughs> career in hair and makeup and all that. How did that go? Um, I, I, it, it went, you know, if probably if I, you know, didn't have the whole leg thing, it, it, it would still, I would still be doing it. I just wasn't really willing to accept that I was dealing with a life-changing injury. So I kind of ran myself into the Okay, ground. didn't have the whole leg thing. But at 19, you did have the whole leg thing. So yeah. what was the whole leg thing at 19? Was it a wheelchair at that stage? Was it crutches? It was kind of crutches on and off. And I was in a, a splint, a big, huge splint on my right leg. So I walked with a really bad limp. Um, but I was still able to walk around. So I still... Obviously, in hair and makeup, you're on your feet all the time. Is it silly of me to say that was a really brave kind of thing? There you are, 19, and you're, like, you're not in the best of health. You have a problem and you decide to go to London to do this, what, course or job? Job, job, oh. yeah. I went to makeup school straight out of school and then uh, straight afterwards, I kind of pretty much moved to moved to London, yeah. And you had this kind of inflammation of the bone, right? It's got yeah. some very big medical term that I could never pronounce. Osteomyelitis. <laughs> that one. Okay, fair enough. And that was in the left leg. And then like, you know, you, you had to kind of, the, 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 I don't know, the ideas of letting go and the idea of giving up are not the same kind of things, are they? No. Uh, it took me a long time to accept that. I kind of thought that quitting my job and stuff I, I, I felt like a quitter I, I felt like I'd, I'd just given up and then mm. I realised that no but my life has changed now I need to accept that I have this injury and I need to start looking after myself and that's when I made the decision to amputate the leg basically Okay that's when I made the decision to amputate that's when you made the decision to amputate really? Yeah. You as in you you were given that decision it's not a question of anything it's not like something will spread if you don't do it or this is dire warnings it's you saying this isn't going to work unless I amputate Yeah yeah um, it, it, it was I was the one who who kind of I wanted it for a long yeah. time before it actually happened but obviously the doctors have to they, can't, they don't just go chopping off limbs willy nilly like Yeah they, they had to try every last available. And they did? Um, I had probably 10 operations on it. Yeah, so you'd, you'd had enough. I'd had enough. I'd, I I was just fed up in my life revolving around being in hospital. Yeah. I was I was ready to move on and if that cost me my so life. So the decision then, you made, which is a huge decision, was one of the best decisions you ever made in your life? It, it, I can Why? say without a doubt it is the best decision. It It, it just allowed me to go back to do in normal things like I'll never be a Paralympian or a superstar athlete but I'm able to walk around and I'm able to have a, a good quality of life You had spent so many years basically trying to make it work you were fed up trying to make it work Yeah I, I gave it you know I, I don't regret any of those I'm glad we tried you know everything I don't regret it What was one of the biggest things was it the minute you got the prosthetic leg i.e. no pain No pain Really? Yeah It was, it was well, Now I, got, I see why it's the best decision you ever made Yeah yeah. It it was just 
anyone with chronic pain will tell you, you just there's a ba- your baseline gets higher and higher. Yeah. Of how of how you can function, and I I just didn't realize how much pain I was in until I wasn't in pain anymore. So you're not in pain anymore, and then what what comes back is a thing called a zest for life, does it? I think so. An yeah. appreciation, I think. Yeah. 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 So then, twenty three, you got your prosthetic leg, a new life. What happened next? Um, I was an apprentice barber. I decided I'd try what? something new. Where was this? Up in Dublin. Really? Yeah. Okay. In uh, Grafton Barbers. <laughs> right. Okay. I was an apprentice barber, unpaid, obviously, and I was back at work like a couple of weeks, and the pandemic hit. So therefore, you were not an apprentice. I was no longer. No No gig anymore. No. So what happens then is you go back home to Wexford. Yeah. In ferry carrying direction or whatever, right? Okay. So you're in Wexford. Are you back in your old bedroom? Was that depressing or that was fine or whatever? I mean, not to make everyone was in the same boat, not to make a global pandemic about me, but. It was a bit of a kick in the teeth, yeah. Yeah, right, exactly. Yeah, right. <laughs> One thing after another, it sounds like, just yeah. when you're getting on your feet, if you'll pardon the pun. So, OK, so let's get this back then here. You're down at home and then you decide to what? Play with your mobile phone? Yeah, All TikTok the time. was just kind of becoming a thing at the yeah. time. So I decided to start, I don't know what possessed me, really, to start. But like, were you putting the uh, putting the phone over against the wall and singing stupid songs of Katy Perry or something? No, ta- I Taylor don't do, Swift. No, I don't do any of the dances <laughs> for, for five singing. seconds. No, no, yeah. I was just uploading stupid things, just just things about my. About, at the beginning, it was kind of makeup, and then it just kind of gradually. People, I I would have never viewed myself as a funny person, but. People found me funny. Okay, but hold on. But you started uploading stupid things of of just you talking to your phone, being silly. Yeah. Uh, Looking looking at me going, yeah, like, what what else do you want? (laughs) Okay, hold on a second. So how long would these have been on average? Um, Less than a minute. Yeah, okay, okay. So we're talking TikTok, all right. Okay, so with that, you put that up there and what happened then? Um, Overnight, my account just kind of blew up out of nowhere. Uh, Yeah. And I, I, I don't know. And then I, I was just like, well, I've nothing else to do, so I'll stick with it for a while, I suppose. OK, but hold on a second now. When you say blew up, I and mean, we're talking about 20 million likes, we're talking about 670,000 followers. So yeah. this... this uh, yeah, yeah. 720,000. Oh, so, excuse me. That's, that's since this morning, is it? Right, OK, fair enough. There'll be a few more now, I suppose, afterwards too. OK, so you're a makeup artist, you're a barber. Um, and were you doing makeup-y, barbery things on the TikTok phone thing? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and comedy skits was kind of what it evolved... To, well, devolved into towards the end. So, I, like solo you comedy skits. Yeah, I don't do it anymore now. Uh, I've kind of stopped doing the old TikTok, but uh, yeah. I've stopped doing the old TikTok. <laughs> <laughs> okay, did you use the platform to highlight the disability? It is. I, I call it a disability, right? Yeah. yeah okay. Fine. Yeah. So, th- did you use your highlight? Did you use your platform to highlight that? Not intentionally. Right. Um, but you found yourself talking about it. I felt fe- while I doing a bit of barbering and a bit of yeah. <laughs> And, and people just kind of picked up on it, yeah. um, but I was just I was just going about my life, really, which is what disabled people do. We don't, you know, sit around all day talking about yeah. how hard it is being an amputee. Did you, had you liked school? Did you have many friends? Oh God, no, no. I hate school. Did you? 
hated school. Um, I mean, no, I didn't have. I struggled to kind of find a friend group and yeah. and and stay friends with people. Um, you know, I I was weird and I was going through a lot and I was probably not probably I was quite an angry little teenager. Um. So no, I didn't have, I didn't, I found school tough. I didn't have friends. And the opposite being you found TikTok great fun because people could like you on TikTok and you could, (laughs) you you got a good laugh out of that. Got a good laugh out of it, yeah. So in in other words, in social media, you found you could be popular. Yeah, well, it depends. I don't don't know, popular. I mean, when you you just said there that you kind of don't do it anymore. Did Did you have enough? Was there a peak point? There was, I mean, I never really wanted to go into the whole like influencer yeah. kind of social media route. Um, I, I admire anyone that, that does it because uh, coming up with content every day is, is hard. Like, but I just, I, it wasn't, I wasn't financially dependent on it. And it, it got to the point where I, I didn't find it fun anymore. So I just stopped doing it. Just, okay, but like, did TikTok, can I put it this way, did it help you to understand that it's okay just to be yourself? Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, definitely did. Um, and it was during a time where I think, the glo- like, during the global pandemic, a lot of people probably learnt a lot about themselves because yeah. all you're doing is yeah. sitting at home thinking. <laughs> all right, so hold on. You're on TikTok doing whatever it is you do. Netflix, somebody from Netflix or something. I, uh, how, how did it happen? Um, someone from Engine Casting, um, Morgan from Engine Casting, messaged me on Instagram. Where's this in LA or somewhere? Uh, Engine Casting's in LA, yeah. Right. And she asked, "Did I want to audition for a Mike Flanagan show?" Okay, so she gets in touch and rings you at home in your bedroom or whatever it is in Wexford. Yeah, you go, yeah, get up the yard, show sure you are. Like in other words, <laughs> like did did you for at any one stage say you're not a casting agent from LA? Don't be ridiculous. When I initially got the message, I was I was like, T- someone's taking the piss out of me. Yeah, like, yeah. yeah, yeah, that's what I mean. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I didn't, I didn't really believe it, and and even when I was sending it in, I was like, I'm never gonna hear back. Ever. Sorry, sending what in? What did they ask you to do? So they ask you because it was a pandemic. I didn't have to fly over to LA and like audition in a room. I yeah. just had to put myself on tape reading a script. And they sent you a script. Yeah. And was it a funny, like, was it a comedy script or a serious thing or? Uh, no, it was the script from. Oh, the, the script from this. Yeah. Oh, right. Oh, okay. Fair uh, enough. Yeah. Right. Okay. So, um, basically, they they asked, did you want to audition? And you didn't necessarily believe it and all that. And they liked what they called your natural talent, did they? Uh, yeah, allegedly. <laughs> I don't know what. Allegedly, they gave me the gig. <laughs> Over thousands of people. Okay. So then suddenly, last February, you're on the set in Vancouver. Yeah. Right. Okay. Yeah. So, so tell me about that. Was it good? Oh, it was. It was. I mean, it was peak. It was right in the middle of the pandemic as well. Yeah. So, but yeah, j- just like flying over the first. I'm not gonna lie. It took me a couple of, probably a month to accept that I wasn't gonna get fired and they were gonna keep me and they liked me. Did they do all these kind of things like, oh, listen, if she has to relive the, you know the hard parts of her life, you know that she might freak out and we can't have that that kind of stuff. No, I mean, th- there was tons of s- support provided on set for, because obviously we're, we're dealing with not only, I wasn't like, we were dealing with quite a tough subject matter, which is cancer. Yeah. So like there was tons of support on set. But for me, it was a bit weird. I kind of found being able like to get all the emotion out is kind of healing. So 
I fa- I found it that I came out of the experience not trauma like it wasn't traumatizing at all. I found it healing in, in a weird way. So if you'd been yourself just in those years, that's one thing. But being Anya, or is that, is that the name of the yeah. Anya? Yeah. yeah, being Anya was absolutely fantastic for you. Yeah. Because yeah. this alter ego was kind of like let you do whatever it is you wanted to do to get things out or whatever. Yeah, I, I think as well because they cast a, a an amputee, a lot of the script I, de- I deeply related to and I, I understood where she was coming from a lot of the time. And I think if they hadn't have cast an amputee, th- there's no way you could someone who isn't disabled could ever understand and did you have to kind of channel your inner pain in the ass because Anya can be a real pain in the ass oh she is a total pain in the ass (laughs) Uh, I would say episode one and two Anya and teenage Ruth are very similar people Really? So you were just playing yourself away. It wasn't much of a stretch. Um, the first two episodes weren't much of a stretch now, I will say that, yeah. Okay, it's The Midnight Club. How many episodes are there? Ten. Ten episodes altogether. Yeah. Are, are they there now on Netflix? Are yeah, they, they are. They're, they're up out. now to see, are they? Yeah. All right, okay. And has anybody got in touch with you about it since? Or do you know anybody Anybody from school from years ago? Um, No, no. I mean, my friends have, have watched it. Yeah. Uh, Is it good? Yeah, well, I can't say. I mean it. I can't tell you it's of course bad. You can. you can see. You can always say the next thing you're doing is good compared to the first thing. You never know because I want to talk about the next thing too because this is certainly not the only one. Um, you have deleted TikTok, right? Yeah. Why? I you, just just enough. Just didn't. I didn't. I wasn't in it. You know, I wasn't financially dependent on it, and it was as simple as. But you are grateful for where you are now to TikTok oh, in many ways. One hundred percent. Like yeah. I would not be where I am without TikTok. And the following you have on social media that came from that. Yeah. Which is great. Yeah. Okay, you're now a fully fledged actor. Okay, right. Okay, you're not cutting hair these days, are you? No. No, I still, you know, do a few haircuts in the kitchen. <laughs> still take the scissors out. <laughs> again. So what? What's next then for you? Um. Well, I did another show. With with Mike Flanagan, who made um, yeah. The Midnight Club. He's not Irish, is he, with a name like that, no? His grandparents are from oh. Kildare. Of course they are. Yeah. Okay, so um, the second series is what? Of this, of The Midnight Club. Has, has that been filmed? No, oh. the, uh, we, we don't know yet if there's, a, if there's a second series. We're waiting to hear back from Netflix. Um, but you have done something else. Yeah, it's, just, it's completely unrelated. It's a limited series. Um, called the fall of the house of usher. Oh, the the fall of the house of usher, Edgar Allan Poe and all that. Yeah. yeah. Now that could be that's a bit out there too, isn't it? It's uh, yeah. It's 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 real. It's real dark. I'm going to say that it's real dark. It's real dark. Okay, yeah. but then again, who are you working with? Oh yeah, Mark Hamill from Star Wars. <laughs> How's Mark these days? Mark is the <laughs> nicest human being I have ever met. You have to say that in case he's listening. Yeah, yeah. Well, he's in LA. I think he's asleep at the moment. Oh, really? So, yeah, yeah, he probably is. Yeah. Okay. But, uh, he, he messages me. I have a rescue dog, and he has three dogs. So we message each other about our dogs all the really? time. Really? Yeah. You and Mark. Me and Mark. Yeah. <laughs> Wasn't he over here for Skellig Michael and the when he's doing Star Wars? Wasn't he's he filmed, filmed loads it? of stuff in Ireland. Yeah, yeah. He, he has. loves Ireland. Yeah, yeah, indeed. By the way, we are talking to Ruth Codd and the Midnight Club is what we're talking about here, which is on Netflix now and can be seen. Um, just the audience for Netflix. Is it kind of uh, for teenage people or up to the age of 20? Like if it is, that's who it figures. Uh, the, features. Mi- the, the Midnight Club is definitely like, I would say like teenagers, young adults yeah. type of thing. Um, the fall of the House of Usher now is not not <laughs> <laughs> no indeed it isn't yeah no because I've, I've seen have you seen Yellow Jackets you haven't seen that one have you 
No. All right, that's that's a lot of teenagers who crash in this sort of place in their uh, in their airplane and they have to make do and do Lord of the Rings stuff and eat each other. Well, they don't eat each other. But they, they they filmed. They were on the same lot as us. Really? Yeah. Really? I I used to talk to all the actors on Yellow Jackets in the car park. There, yeah. yeah. I didn't know that. Okay, <laughs> fair enough. Okay, so next up for you then is the fall of the house. Have you done the fall of the house for sure yet? Yeah, we've. Oh, it's finished. It. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah. And how did it go? Was it good? It was, re- it was a brilliant experience. So hold on a second then. You've done a full 10 of The Midnight Club. Yeah. You've done The Fall of the House of Usher based on Edgar Allan Poe's short story. Yeah. Mark Hamill from Star Wars, etc. And there is another series I know as well. And this is, I know you're going to tell me, I can't talk about that. Can you? <laughs> No, I signed an NDA. Oh, so. well then, oh my God. <laughs> you certainly can't talk about it's it. Like, I can't even tell you what it is yet. Right, okay, but you've done a third one, yeah? Yeah, Amazing. I'm only in one episode in the in the third one. It's not with um, Mike now. It's it's the first time I've ever worked with, 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 with a completely wow. different... And if, if, you, if you're working with a completely different, as you call it, is that because they've seen what you've done? And like, you know, with all due respect to Mike, you don't need him for everything. So in other words, people like what you've done and say, get her. Uh, I mean, my loyalties will always be to, yeah, to Mike. But yeah, but at the yeah. same time, I mean, like the doors are opening, aren't they? Yeah, well, people seem, yeah, I don't really know why, but I'll <laughs> roll with it. <laughs> I don't really know why, but I'll roll with it. I'll make a t-shirt with that. <laughs> what an amazing life story, Dave. I'd like to say I'll never complain about small things again, but that would be a lie. But when I do, I'll think of Ruth. Inspirational, that comes from Dean Cork. Aww. 51552 is our text. It really is inspirational, all right. So, um, do you think in the future that you're going to get more roles that are just about you and maybe that your amputation is not the central part of your character? Yeah, I, th- I think I think so. Um, I mean, it's, you know, whilst it's important to acknowledge my my, my disability, it's, it's not my entire personality doesn't base around it, you know. So I, w- I would like to play roles that, you know, it aren't the central focus is not you know being an amputee. But by the same token, having the life of an amputee, you you could bring more to the part because you are. Yeah. Like I mean, it, the real part of all this, you know, you never had anybody to look up to on screen, did you? While others played parts of amputees. No, I've never, I've never seen anyone like me in a TV show or a film, and it, it's it's just it makes you feel like it, there's something wrong with you. Mm. Because you never see yourself represented, so I I think it it's good now that we're starting to to see more diverse casting. Yeah, and why why did you say earlier on that you could never see yourself in, in the Paralympics? Is that because you're lazy? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, oh, it's not. Yeah, it's nothing to do with my abilities. I am just the laziest human being you will ever meet. And who? I mean, you've got your parents out there as well today. What what are their names? Rita and James. Rita and James. How are you, Rita and James? They are very good. They are indeed. <laughs> and they've come on. Is anybody else in the family? Uh, my little brother, Luke. L- your little brother, Luke. What age is he? Uh, well, he's not little. He's 23. Ah, right. Okay, he's, he's three years younger than you. He's yeah. over in Vancouver, in Whistler at the moment, so... I don't even know if he's listening. He's over in Vancouver, in, Wh- in Whistler, is he? Yeah. Okay, he's not over in Vancouver doing a television programme for Netflix, no? No, right. no. Okay. Did what- you like Vancouver, by the way? Yeah, I did, yeah. yeah, yeah. I, I love it there. It's a, it's a real, like, laid-back It's a lovely city, place, yeah. yeah. It really is, yeah, yeah. indeed. Yeah. My brother's been there for 40 years. I was, I should say. Okay, yeah. well, listen, look, congratulations and well done. And um, what else can I say except onwards and upwards? We'll certainly be looking out. Ruth Codd it is, that's C-O-D-D. And everybody will be looking out. I'm going to take a look at the Midnight Club now. I'll get on to you and tell you if I like it or not. Uh, okay. By the way, just as, as a matter of business, who else is in, in the Midnight Club with you? I mean, are there, how many others? Is, is it an ensemble cast? It is an ensemble cast. Is it? Oh, excuse me. Right. Um, 
So there's Amon Benson who plays Alonka, who's the, the, which is what the story centers around, and then Chris and I and Sorian and Igby and Anara. Um, oh, we're all like a little gang. How long did it take? The, oh. I mean, the filming of Vancouver. Oh, was it all in Vancouver? Was it? Yeah. yeah. Uh, eight months. Yeah, I'd say it did all right. Yeah. It was a ten-part yeah. series. Yeah. yeah. Was it? Was it? Did you make loads of money? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. All right. Well, listen, Ruth, thanks a million for dropping in. The Midnight Club it is. That's on Netflix. Where will we see or can we see The Fall of the House of Usher? That will also be on Netflix. Oh, it's also Netflix. Um, they're not They're not quite sure when it's coming out yet. All right. But I'll let you know as soon as, soon as I know. Okay. And when can we see uh, the next thing that you can't talk about? Or can we see it? Or have you any idea? Oh, NDA, I've, sorry. I've, NDA, can't say. Yeah. Yeah, can't say <laughs> Stop yeah. trying to slip me up. Non-disclosure <laughs> agreement. Okay, well, listen, thanks a million. Well done, Ruth. And uh, safe journey back to Ferry Carrick. And thanks for dropping in. And uh, good luck, by the way. Oh, thanks so much. <laughs> thanks for having me. You're very welcome.